One of the things that's really fun about life is when you're with people and you build a memory. And that memory lasts for weeks and months and years. And you tell the story again and again and again. It's what just absolutely enriches a friendship. Hi, this is Eric Hurd, and my podcast is called Relationships by the Book. So why that title? Well, I lived 18 years of my life apart from God, apart from His Word, and my family was one of the most dysfunctional families to grow up in, and we didn't understand relationships. And when I came to know Christ, it absolutely transformed me from the inside out. And I began to understand God's wisdom because I dug into His Word and I saw how much He had to say about relationships. I've been a pastor now for over 45 years, and so this podcast is really an accumulation of the wisdom God's given me in relationships that I want to share with you. Hello, Eric. Well, good afternoon, Michael. How are you doing? You know what? Uh, again, I'm energized. You always catch me at the end of a day. And, you know, like for me, I'm that 430 riser. And I just look forward to just experiencing all that God has in mind. And because no day is the same for me as a pastor. And uh, and so I just got back from our treatment center liftoff and uh, just met with the clients. And I just love them. And we had a great discussion on what we talked about last week. And that's the whole area of suffering, which was not an easy subject. Today is a much easier subject. Okay. So you had a pretty uh, a deep conversation, I'm yeah. assuming. Very intense. Because you think about people who have been addicts, whether alcohol or drugs, you know, it's the old telltale thing of, you know, it's medicating pain. Well, pain is 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 the experience of suffering. And so when you're in pain, you seek to, you know, find some kind of coping mechanism. So addicts, I totally understand it. You're just medicating. That's mm. what I did. And uh, but, you know, the, t the tough thing about it is you medicate it, but it's still there. So we were talking about, you know, what is a healthy way to manage suffering? And it so is a really intense yet beneficial conversation. Cool. Good for you. That's really neat. And today we're talking about making memories. Well, and I, I just want to start off, Michael. I couldn't think about anybody I would want to have this conversation with other than you. <laughs> Dem and I have said so many times, we want to be like Mike. <laughs> we want to live your life. You probably, more than anybody I've ever been around, you suck the most out of life, but you are constantly doing things to build memories. You don't waste a whole lot of time, and uh, you work to have fun. Oh, thank you so much. It is my passion to get out and go have fun, which typically turns into a memory. So um, so glad that you could see that in me because it's something I'm, I aspire to be. And now I have a, a memory that I'd love to share because it's not one that you'd probably think of. Maybe, oh, I don't know if okay. you could. But one of my cherished adventures with you was our wonderful trip to Baker. <laughs> <laughs> See, there it is. Do you re what were the uh, little idiosyncrasies about going to Baker. Uh, well, first of all, who goes to Baker? And we didn't intentionally end up in Baker, just to be clear. But, um, I, you know, I love that we spent a day in 100-degree weather on the side of a freeway in Baker, California. Terrible 
place to spend any time. And uh, we had fun. I look back at it, and it's a good memory. How, how that's possible, only God can have his hand at work because we basically just sat on the asphalt all day waiting for the car. <laughs> we ended up there with uh, some radiator issues. but <laughs> And then we, then we think that we fixed it. You know, we had tools. <laughs> you know, we think we're, we're, we're MacGyver and, and we fixed, we thought we had it all fixed. We must have gone maybe 100 yards <laughs> and the thing blows again. <laughs> And then we end up at a radiator shop in Baker, California, 100 and hell degrees. Oh, that guy's got the business. If he, that's the perfect model. And there, yeah. were, there were people in the waiting room that smelled and they didn't have teeth. It was just not a great place to be. But I will never forget some of the games we started playing and then recollecting how much we wanted to be at the lake, but we were at this stupid waiting room waiting for our radiator. And then the guy goes to get a brand new radiator and we're waiting there a couple of hours, and then he comes in. He goes, "Ah, oh, I got the wrong radiator. I got to go back and get another one." And I'm just going, "You got to be kidding me!" It just was so many things about that that incident, and what could have just ruined a vacation, ended up building a memory. Yeah, we made it to the lake. It was a good trip, but I just love that that trip is a good memory when it yes. could be terrible. It right. could easily be a terrible. So that's. I love that example of of making memories is you just got to roll with the punches, right? That's it. But you know what? It's, it's interesting you say that. It could have been a nightmare. It ends up being this great memory. But this is something that I love about you, and, you, and you've really influenced me on this. And that is um, when you're up against something, you don't panic. I've watched you. You uh, you have this way in which you look and, and well, we got to fix this or let here's what we could do. Some people panic and they start getting irritable. Uh, they start blaming. They start getting agitated. I don't know that I've ever seen that quality in you. And and in that way, you can smile and laugh. And, uh, and so I think memories are pleasurable because of how you react to a situation, not necessarily the situation itself. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, how we respond, how we react, we, you and I have had so many conversations about that part of life, right? How we choose to respond to anything. Yes. And so it's funny, you say I've influenced you. You've totally influenced me in that way. <laughs> well, you know. We have a symbiotic relationship. There you go. We need each other. So so where does it come in us in us human beings that we like to build memories? And, I, and again, because they do enrich in relationship. You know, but I, I think we go back to the character of God. You know, it's very interesting the way God set up the Old Testament because, you know, people were illiterate. And so God had to constantly use word pictures to educate people about himself, about life. And, and so he would he would tell them to build monuments or memories, you know, and uh, like when they would cross the Red Sea at the at the other side of the Red Sea, they would stack 12 stones so that for years to come, they would they would tell the story of how God dried up you know the waters and they were able to pass on on dry ground, and so God in a, in His character, uh, literally is the one who who wants us to build memories. Why? Because we learn through them. They are things that again enrich and, and deepen and educate. You know I, I love storytellers. Why? Because storytellers remember. Mm. 
you know, it's it's very interesting. I, I have a friend of mine who's a, who's a comedian, and I said, "What makes you so funny? How, how can you be so funny?" He said, "I see things before people do." And I think people that are good storytellers remember things that people don't remember. Mm. Like like people will say of me, "How do you remember that stuff?" I go, "I just have trained my mind to look back and remember the stories." You know, I, I I still remember the time my my real dad. You know, uh, we were down at San Clemente State Beach, right by the uh, not the State Beach, but by the San Clemente Pier, and he and he was wanting to have fun, and and he tells me to climb up on his back and then stand up on his shoulders, but he would hold my hands, so I don't know what we're doing, and I just remember it vividly and hanging on to him, and he for says, "Dear life, oh, for dear life, yeah," because I'm a you know a hundred feet up on the you know in the air. It's only six feet. But anyway, so he then starts to go out toward the water and my eyes start getting big and he goes, now hang on. I don't know what he meant by that. At four and a half, I don't know what he means. So we start going out in the water and all of a sudden this wave just crests. It's a shore break, hits us, knocks me off of his shoulders. I I fall into the water. I don't know how to swim and a riptide sucked me out and I'm on the bottom of the ocean and I took a deep breath, and literally, I drowned. And uh, and so a lifeguard um, saw me from the pier, dove in, and literally resuscitated me. And right there, and I wouldn't be alive today had he not done that. Mm. And I can remember that as if it happened yesterday. And so, so, but it was, you know, what's the meaning of it? Well, to me... You know, I was an atheist. My family were atheists. I, we never went to church, never read the Bible, never talked about God. And I always thought that when I came to know Christ at 18, that's when God was involved in my life. Right. But I can look back and go, no, 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 no. He preserved my life right there at that pier. And so memories are ins- inspirational. They're instructional. You know, they're powerful. They create relationship. And so God is a memory-making memory keeping god because what's what's the what's the bible it's a record Mm. of who god is and what god did Mm -hmm. and we're to tell our children and our children's children to keep telling the stories yeah so i I, you know i'm curious why do we remember some moments of life more clearly than others wow well, there's a million dollar question, yeah, I mean, but but I, I do think we remember certain ones that are defining. Defining moments. Yeah, defining moments. And, uh, you know, like like for me, you know, the, the wedding ring I have. Um, I was in Israel and it was almost three years ago and before the pandemic and I was helping lead a tour. And uh, at the time, I was actually thinking of retiring from ministry. I'd been a pastor over 40 years. I kind of felt like I was irrelevant. I'm, I'm the old dude at the church. And so I'm going, eh, maybe it's time to quit. And so we get to Israel. And I will never forget when I was journaling at Tabga, which is where Jesus called the, uh, the apostles in the ministry. And literally as I'm, I'm writing, that inner voice, God spoke to me, and he said, who said you were irrelevant? I will never forget that, because when God speaks to you, and again, it wasn't, it wasn't where it was a loud, audible voice. It was a quiet whisper. So I wrote it down. A few days later, we're at Gideon Springs. Once again, we're, we're recollecting the story of Gideon. 
where he was, uh, the Midianites that were about to crush Israel had come in 120,000 warriors. And, and literally Gideon is in a wine press, slumped down, scared to death. And, and, and the Lord spoke to him, the angel of the Lord, and said, Gideon, mighty warrior, called him a name, mighty warrior. Now the guy had not fought any battles and he's hunkered down in a wine press. How could he get the name Mighty Warrior? So I sent my group out to, to a journal and say, what's the name God has been trying to give you, but you've not embraced it? So I sent them out, and all of a sudden, I thought, why am I not journaling? Am I not worthy of a name? So I went out and I started journaling. And I a name came to me, and I go, no, that's not it. Another name came, no, that's not it. And then God clearly spoke, powerful finisher. And it just brought emotion. And I I wrote it down. And it was so impactful that when we got to Jerusalem, I I talked to my wife and I said, I think I want to get a new wedding ring. And I want to have Hebrew inscribed in it, powerful finisher. So now, every day of my life, And it's been now almost three years since then. I look down and my God speaks to me. Powerful finisher, you keep going. Mm. And I'll tell you, it's it's been life-changing. So sometimes those memories are things that are just defining. They like like I was saying, they're inspirational and uh, and they they move the course of our lives. So I think that's those are the things we remember that really changed us. Or, you know, there was a huge life lesson if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you discern when like hearing God's voice? And it's, it's interesting because we're on the topic of memories. Yes. You know, for me, the moments that have been w- maybe thresholds or where I change direction in my life yeah. are typically when I'm out in some wilderness, right? I always tell people that I love to feel small. You know, I get on my boat and I head out to Catalina. You feel small. In my, I've got a tiny boat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Catalina's a long way on an 18-footer. But um, you get out to the mountains and you're snowboarding or mountain biking in the hills. It You gain this perspective of I'm small. This is a big area. This is a big mountain. This is a big ocean. Whatever it is, I love. That's one of I chase that. That's like what drives me to get outside is to go feel small. And uh, I don't even really think about it. I just... That's what I've been able to identify. But um, those are the places where sometimes I might hear God's voice, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, my thoughts are mixed up in what might also be God's voice, right? So how do you discern that this is this is God telling me my name or, or where to go or what okay, to do? This is why memories are so important. Monuments, memorials, whatever you want to call them. They deepen life in relationship. See, in in marriage, in parenting, all of that, you know, like like just before we were about to do this podcast, your lovely bride, my my daughter, took the two kids, my grandkids, down to the beach. Man, she's got towels, she's got toys, she's got grapes and popcorn, and she's creating a memory. See, what that's going to do is bond those kids to her. See, we did that as parents. And now to watch my daughter do that, and it, it, it bonds people to you. And, and so it, it creates intimacy. Intimacy is powerful. So I want to go to your question. 
Why does God speak in these different places? It's because they're repeated. Like uh, my my uh, stepdad and mom used to uh, get together for lunch every day in Laguna at a place called Crescent Bay Point. They would have a sack lunch and they would sit at that bench and they would talk. And uh, when when my mom passed, that's where we spread our ashes. Why? Because they had built so many memories, so many great conversations. So, so some people, when they ask me, how do I hear God's voice? I said, go to those places that are you're most apt to hear him. Usually it's solitude. Usually it's silent. Like for you, I know you love to be out in the water. And, and like you said, I feel small. And God reveals himself through that which he has made. That's what Romans 1 talks about. Nobody's without it. Nobody has an excuse to not believe in God. All you got to do is be out in creation. Mm-hmm. But think about creation itself. Creation itself screams memorial, screams memory. Mm-hmm. How many sunsets have you watched? Mm-hmm. How many sunrises have you watched? How many, how many, you know, sea animals have you seen or the dolphins jumping out of the water and there's hundreds of them on your way to Catalina? You never forget that. Mm-hmm. So, so in answer to your question of hearing God and building those memories, it, it's, there's certain places that you'll go again and again and again. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes a lot of sense. I um, I can recall a very clear memory. I had re- Crystal and I had only been married a short period of time, and I was making a living as a photographer. And I kind of found that as a photographer, I I wasn't doing everything I could to serve in a professional capacity. I kind of felt stale. Mm. And I would look at other photographers and I, their work and look at mine, and I always thought theirs was better. So I was just like, this is, I, I shouldn't feel this way. I got to figure out what to do about my business. And um, of course, we had some financial pressure as well. We wanted to grow a family and move from that place to another. So anyways, I decided to go walk on the beach because just before that moment, not long before that, Valerie Higman said that the Holy Spirit dwells at the seashore. And I don't know if there was a verse or something, but she was really inspirational, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to go meet the Holy Spirit at the seashore. So I'm walking on the beach, and I hadn't even thought about it, but God put it on my mind. He said, I want you to go into investment real estate like your father. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. I haven't really thought about chasing my dad's career that much anyways i had but it really was clear right then and there and here i am you know this is that was like 2012 so 10 years later and uh it was right you know i've been in that career so it's like i heard god's voice and i've like always looked for that again i'm like i want to hear what do i do next you know (laughs) like how do i get that again but see you'll go back to that place see that beach that place that event was a defining moment. You know, just the other day, uh, uh, Debbie said, hey, we're going to pick up uh, uh, Sage up at Top of the World Elementary. I said, I'm all in, you know, being with grandkids. And hey, Crystal's going to go with us. Oh, all the better. 
So we drive to top of the world. But before we got to the elementary school, I said, hey, babe, turn left up here. And she goes, why? I said, just turn left. So we turned left and we were in this cul-de-sac. I said, let's get out and take a picture. So I had to remind her that this cul-de-sac was across the street from a house that in, in 1973, for the first time, I went to a Bible study and heard the claims of Jesus. And the guy gave an invitation to, you know, to receive Christ, to be forgiven, have eternal life. And I couldn't do it in the meeting, so I drove to that cul-de-sac. And I remember my prayer, Jesus, if you are who that guy says you are, forgive my sins and come into my life. And he did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my wife got emotional. And Crystal, of course, is always emotional. It's powerful. And then I said, and don't forget, this is exactly the place I drove and asked you to marry me. So it was emotional for me, emotional for them. And what did we do? We took a picture. See, that's how we memorialize. Mm. We take pictures to remember things that are important in our lives. That place will always be powerful to me. Mm-hmm. Because not only did it change the course of my life by accepting Christ, but it changed the course of my relationships by marrying Debbie. You and I would not be sitting here doing a podcast if Debbie and I had not gotten married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so memorials are powerful. They, they inspire us. They instruct us. They encourage us. They direct us. They, they rebuke us. There's a lot of, of reasons for memorials, for sure. Like, like, have you ever thought about, you know, Peter, after he had denied Christ, he denied him three times as the cock crowed. Mm-hmm. Well, think about it. How many times as he lived year after year after year, did he hear a rooster crow and remember he had failed Jesus? Oh, God. So, so there are some memories that are tough memories, mm-hmm. instructional memories, but memories nonetheless that absolutely deepen our lives and, uh, and, and keep us going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So with Peter that, you know, Peter says, or Jesus tells him that you're going to deny me three times. Uh, was it a, a rooster or a crow? A crow. A crow. Okay. So yeah. that, but from that point forward, that's some sort of a trigger for Peter, right? That's it. And we have triggers in our life that, oh. you know, you smell something, you see something, you hear something that reminds you of some other time. So what, what is that all about? What do you have to say about triggers? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, it's interesting because uh, sometimes, you know, like I, I remember growing up and, and there was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of abuse. And uh, and so there are some memories that are tough and that you have to work through. And uh, and I remember I would hear men yell and I would cower. Mm-hmm. I had not, they, they weren't going to hit me. They weren't going to. They weren't going after me, but just hearing a man yell would trigger and I would become small. And I had to go through counseling and I had to work through the pain of those memories. You know, in today's time, we use the term PTSD. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're in the military and a car backfires and it sounds like a gun, man, that can send you into a space where it's just depressing, uh, fearful, all of that. And so there are some memories that uh, 
that, uh, again, need healing. There are some memories I don't know that they'll ever go away. In fact, I, I have this, can I throw out a, a little theory? I'm going to go out on a limb. Okay. Is that um, there are some people that believe that um, at the end of the age that God is going to recreate the heavens and the earth, but without sin. So creation will be healed. Man will be healed. But when I read Second Peter chapter 3, it says this present heaven and earth are reserved for destruction. And I'm going, and I remember reading that one day and I thought about how many really painful places there are in the world where people experienced absolute slaughter or, or, you know, nightmarish evil. You know, I think about what's, you know, today, you know, in 2022 in, in March, Russia has invaded Ukraine mm-hmm. and women and children are being slaughtered in the streets, bombs, you know, bursting in civilian places. And it's just abject evil. I believe the reason God is going to, you know, this present heaven and earth is received or reserved for destruction is because heaven cannot be filled with all these negative memories and defining moments. I mean, certainly there's some beautiful ones, but I believe he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth in which we get to create nothing but good memories. Yeah, I think about like Pearl Harbor. Oh, You know, you go down you and you look down at that ship in the water. Yeah, the Arizona. Oh my gosh, it's so emotional. Yeah, the killing fields. There's places like that all over the world. Yeah, 9-11, the towers. Yeah, there's so many places that Grave just... sites everywhere. That's it. And so we're going we're gonna to have a new heaven, a new earth. But, uh, you know, Michael, again, one of the things that God created in us is this need for, for memorials, for, for memories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and they're best enjoyed with others. Mm-hmm. Where you you experience you're at the beach and that huge wave, it's the perfect wave, or you know, or that sunset, or a meal, you know, or a place, whatever it may be. You know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, you know that's an interesting one because sometimes there's this uh, adage or whatever: if no one saw it, did it really happen? Right? Yes. And sometimes that can be really worldly because you want to show off, right? Yeah. Like oh, I got the coolest barrel out the wedge, and oh yeah, you should have seen it, right? Um, how big really was the wave? Did you really get in the like? It's like you could question it, and and so there's there can be this show off ego, egotistical side to it, but then there's the side where it's sharing a moment. Oh, there was a couple. I always uh, tell couples because I do a lot of weddings. I said, watch how God shows up, and people look at me like I'm nuts. Yeah, I go, uh, you just watch, and I can tell you story after story. But this one I love. In fact, I just told it the other day. And uh, so uh, there's this couple that get married in their backyard and, you know, it's an intimate setting. And, and so, you know, how's God going to show up? Well, we're right toward the end of the ceremony. And all of a sudden, before I announce them, this parrot flies in, lands on a tree right above them, looks down at them and then flies away. And it was like, whoa. And, and he, I think he, he uh, with his lips said, is that God? Well, that's not God. Well, here's the here's the part of the story that's so cool. They went on a honeymoon. They come back, and they're sitting in their backyard, and that same parrot flew in, landed on the tree, and took off, and they haven't seen it since. What? Yeah, exactly. So there is a memory you never forget. Yeah, and I can tell you story after story where God just shows up. 
And, but you got to look for it, you know, and in fact, um, wouldn't it be great every day if we woke up and said, Hey God, what memory are we going to build today? Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? And just look for a conversation, look for a moment, look for an experience, something where you can walk away so that when you're at the dinner table, when you're on the phone with a friend and, and, and they go, so what happened today? You get to tell them the memory. But I think a lot of people just go through life. They don't necessarily build memories through life. Mm-hmm. And they just move from one day to another. Mm-hmm. But how fun is it at the dinner table to say, so what happened? Yeah, You know, uh, Mr. Rogers oh, had yeah. a great thing he would do on a show. What was it? He asked two questions. What did you see? What did you learn? I love that. Man, that's not just a question for children because they love to tell story. It's a question to ask each other. What did you see? What did you learn? That's it. Totally. So again, my hope is those listening today will live that life that is memorable, that gets up in the morning looking for how God's going to show up. And at the end of the day, they could answer that question. What did you see? What did you learn? I would add this and like maybe, I mean, this is, you're the one with the, the insights here, but it's so important to ask questions along the way with whoever you're with. Just like he's, what did you see? What did you learn? Right. That's the end of the day. But all through the day, asking people questions, how you're doing, what's going on. It makes, it creates opportunities, doesn't it? And remember, it's not the amount of questions. It's the right question. We talked about that last week. That's it. Yeah. Is that you ask an open-ended question that's not threatening, but anybody could answer it. Mm -hmm. And that's when you just see people just start to go mm-hmm. and uh, and you learn and you build intimacy yeah well michael i'm so glad we got to talk on this subject because you are a memory builder and i'm just trying to catch up to you <laughs> so you're off to create a memory oh yeah i'm heading to greece i'm taking a tour uh, we're going to go to greece and italy and it's called footsteps of paul it's literally where the bible just comes alive i mean uh, some you know, uh, tour guides will say, well, the Bible's usually in black and white, but when you take a tour of the places that the, that the Bible was written, it becomes color. And, uh, and so I'm looking forward to it. Very cool. You're leading a, a group of people from the church. Are you, um, there have the, many of the people on this trip gone before? Is it no, a lot of first timers? A lot of first timers, which is so exciting because I've been numerous times and to watch their eyes just open up and to, you know, when they first time they're up on the Acropolis or they go to Mars Hill or, you know, they go into the excavated Corinth and they go, oh my gosh, this place is amazing, you know, and I just love to see their excitement. Very cool. Yes, sir. So we, uh, while you're away, we're going to work on getting some guest speakers in oh, here. Top notch. Top notch. We'll, uh, hopefully you guys will check back next week. We'll have someone interesting for you to hear from. And um, as always, you can reach out to us. Relationship by the book at outlook.com is our email. We're on the social media handles as relationship by the book. And um, yeah, so you're going to be away for a couple of weeks. Leave us with a prayer, would you? I sure will. And Father, the God who created the heavens and the earth, what an incredible place we live in. And there are so many places and people to meet and and places to go where there's just beauty and and relationship. And I just pray, God, and I've been challenged myself today with just what you put on my mind, and that is waking up every day saying, Lord, what's the memories we're going to build today? And so may we be people that build 
powerful memories that define our lives. They encourage, inspire, instruct, and yes, at times rebuke us. But God, teach us how important memories are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right.